Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. It is good to have you here in the building with us, worshiping with us, and those of you who are online, God bless you as well. Well, I want to take your attention to Proverbs 19, verse 21. I will not be long before you, but this is one of my favorite verses. It's one of my favorite verses of scripture and a verse that I live by, or at least try to. And when I get sidetracked, I got to be reminded of this verse. The scripture reads, it says, there are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. I'll read it one more time. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. I want to talk to you briefly about it on this subject entitled Plan A. Plan A. Do me a favor, if you ain't too ashamed, look at somebody and just say, there's only one plan. And that's Plan A. (laughs) Put in the chat section for those of you online, there's only one plan. There's Plan A. There's Plan A. I don't know, like, I don't know about you, but just speaking for myself, I have many plans. Some of us have big plans, right? We got big plans and, you know, we got contingencies for these plans. You know what I'm saying? You know, if you ask us, if you were, if you asked, if you said to yourself or somebody asks you, uh, is this where you imagine you'll be right now? You probably say to yourself, well, not really. You you, you know, if I could imagine myself standing before you right now doing this, you know, I would be like, well, it wasn't my option, but, you know, (laughs) it wasn't my first plan. And so we come up with so many plans, right? And oftentimes our plans, ladies and gentlemen, that we come up with are often constantly changing. We're constantly changing plans. And, 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 and it's nothing wrong with planning. It's nothing wrong with, you know, being organized and setting, hey, this is what I want to do in the future, and this is what I want to do in the short term. There's nothing wrong with these plans. But guess what? Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, our plans are derived out of different motives. Yeah. Uh, uh, to, let's be honest. Like, we have various reasons for why we want to do what we want to do now. With, uh, with social media and with TikTok and Instagram and Facebook, for those people who are still on there, you know what I'm saying? For all of that, right? YouTube, all of this, we, we, we play this comparison game and we look at each other's lives. And we say to ourselves, hey, I wouldn't want to do that now, but I thought you had a plan to do this. And so a lot of our plans, ladies and gentlemen, are, are, are sometimes, uh, are, are, and the motives in which we uh, create these plans are sometimes rooted in our own ego, lust, and pride. Yeah. And a lot of times we start a course of a destination that may be, 
maybe, not all the times, but maybe different from the course and, de and destination that God may have for you and I's life. The reason why this is one of my favorite verses is because the thing about our plans, our plans, there's nothing wrong with planning, but here's the thing. What we tend to do sometimes is take God out of the equation to the plans in which we create. What we tend to do is we make the plan and say, hey, God, you got to bless that. But God is not obligated to bless anything he hasn't sanctioned. God is not, is not obligated to bless or to move on your behalf in a particular area that he has not really set for your life. God, ladies and gentlemen, doesn't have contingencies to a plan. He has a plan. He had a plan for eternity. He had a plan for eternity. And guess what? That plan for eternity is that people will receive his son. When Adam and Eve messed up, he had a plan. He had a plan from the beginning. He didn't, didn't catch them by surprise. He had one plan. The Bible, ladies and gentlemen, is more than this, these historical stories. It is about how God's plan unfolded for man. Are you getting what I'm saying? <coughs> I'm sorry, the pollen's still getting me, so if I'm, you know, ain't COVID or nothing. So, and so we have to understand that God only has one plan, and that's plan A. That's plan A. You and I, ladies and gentlemen, well, sometimes, well, if that don't work out, what's your plan B or what's that? When you're working with God, you don't need plan Bs. You don't need plan C. And you don't need it all the way down to Z. There's only one plan. And God, ladies and gentlemen, has an established a course for all of us in this room. That if you would agree with and come into uh, agreement with this plan, you would do a lot better. Are you getting what I'm saying? A lot of us feel as though that God is working against you. But he's really not. You're working against him. Because the reality is, is that when you and I do opposite of what God intends for your life, let me tell you something about God. And let me get something in your mind real quick in all of our minds. God is not against you. God is not against you. God has the best intentions for your life. God's plans for your life and my life is way better than what you and I can come up with or conjure up. The like, 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 he says to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, when, there, when, when the people of God were in captivity, he said, for I know the plans that I have towards you. He plans of good and not of evil, right? To lead you to an expected end. So his plan is good. And you think your good is better than his good. God's goodness will supersede your good every time. Because when you thought you prayed for this one thing, God ends up doing another thing. That, oh, I'm glad you blessed that one instead of that one right there. There's only one plan. Here's a couple things that I learned about his plan, ladies and gentlemen, that I think is very important that we have to understand. Because a lot of our plans that we create, ladies and gentlemen, we understand that. We have to be able to discern, is it of my flesh or is it of the spirit of God? See, when you live by the spirit, you will fulfill the things of the spirit. But when you live by the flesh, you will fulfill the works of the flesh. 
And so the goal is to live by the spirit, to be as spiritually and uh, to be connected with him to such a degree where as though that when he gives a direction, you go on it. And that you don't work opposite against it. Let me give you an example. In the book of Acts, when Jesus revealed himself to Saul, now known as Paul, Jesus said something that was very, that was very key. He said, to, he, said to, he said to Saul, he said, why do you continuously kick against the goats? Why are, a lot of us are like that. We're kicking against trying to, we're trying to push back on what God is trying to do for us. Why are you working against me here, Saul? Because your zeal can be used. Your zeal and your energy can be used in a better place than what you're doing now. <clears throat> and that's going to be of my will. Here's one thing I want you to understand that's very important. That number one, the reason why God has, a, has, God's, has one plan and that's plan A is that he already predetermined it. <clears throat> God has already predetermined a course. He predetermined a course for the earth. He's predetermined a course for the cre creation, for his own creation. He, and that is, includes us. He's predetermined it already. Yeah. He's already predestined. He told Jeremiah, he said, before you were even formed, I knew you. He said, I knew you already. I didn't know you when you were forming in the womb. I knew you before. You were already a thought in God prior to your mother and father in that seed hitting that egg. He said, I already knew you and I set you apart. So everyone on this earth has a destiny, a purpose in which God has set them apart for. But predetermination does not overrule person's choice. Are you getting what I'm saying? Choice and predetermination. God can predetermine a thing, but it's a man's choice to accept it. Yeah. Oh, I, that's, that's, you have to choose the plan of God. He will not force his will on anybody. He can put you through a series of events where you can finally surrender. But if you choose not to, that's your choice. For in Genesis, he says that we were created in his own image. One of the things of the image of God is his ability to choose. You and I have ability to choose whether or not you're going to work with God or keep running away. But running away is your choice. And God's ability to choose who he will bless is also his. <laughs> God has predetermined. I have to help you understanding there's already a destination. Say over, say there's already a destination for my life. There's already a destination. There's a purpose. All right, let, let, let's go here. Uh, let's let's do this. Give me one second. I want to take you to Ephesians chapter one, verse eleven. If this acts right, Ephesians chapter one, verse eleven. I want to show you something to just give you, give you, give you backup for what I'm saying to you. Hold on, Ephesians one, verse eleven. It says, "In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined." According to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Meaning that in him, he's talking about in, in Christ, also we have obtained an inheritance. So in Christ we've obtained an inheritance that guess what? That was being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. 
So again, there has been a predestined, a predetermined purpose. So when we look at Proverbs 16, verse 9, let me just put it up there for you real quick. Uh, chapter 19, it's going a little slow for me today. But when we see it here, it says there are many plans in a man's heart. So there's many purposes, many purposes or, or, or ideas in a man's heart. But overall, it's the counsel of God that is going to stand. Why? Because ultimately his counsel, he's already pre-purposed certain things already. He's already pre-purposed it. Let me give you another one. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship. So I am the workmanship of God. Say, I'm the workmanship of God. And what did he do? He said he created Christ Jesus. Created, as he said, created in Christ Jesus. So when you're born again, he said, I'm created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works, which God did what? Prepare beforehand that we should walk in them. Meaning that he already prepared it beforehand. All we have to do is what? Just walk in them. It's like this. Like, listen, uh, it's like this. It's like somebody uh, purchased a nice, a nice vacation spot. You know what I'm saying? How many want to go on a nice little vacation spot? Amen. I mean, all expenses paid. You feel me? My wife and I can use that. <laughs> anyway, so all expenses paid, right? And, 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 you know, we out here in Cabo. And they said, it's all done. All you got to do is get your flight and this will show up. What God has done is he's created us in his workmanship. And he's prepared work. He, he created for good works, which God prepared. All God is saying, all you got to do is show up to what I've already done. All you got to do is do what I've already prepared for you. If you just walk in it, you will be fine. A lot of our anxiety that is plaguing us today is because we're working against our creator. And so you feel as though God is against you. No, you're, 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 you are rebelling against what is laid up for you. And guess what? Even if you make a mistake, the grace of God, God does not change his plans because you fall. He has a means to get you back on the track of the plan A. Well, you messed up. You did this and you did that. I guess we got to go to plan B. That's not God. He's going to say, no, I got a means. Okay, you may suffer a consequence, but I'm going to redirect you to get you back on the plan A. <laughs> There's not no backup or contingency plan with God. He's already, listen, to everything that you'll ever do, he's already know, knows it beforehand. So there's nothing in his omniscience that is gonna that you're gonna do that's gonna catch him by surprise. Nothing that you and I will do that will catch God by surprise. If you go here, he knows how to take you from there and get you back on this straight course. But it's your choice if you will accept the mercy and grace of God and give yourself some grace because of the mistake so you can keep on moving on. You get what I'm saying? So God has predetermined, said, I still, so God is not making stuff up as he goes. It's already done. Yeah. 
I'm not making this up. All my wife got to do, my wife and I got to do is just show up to Cabo and enjoy what we've already, what, all the expenses that's been paid for. That's it. I don't got to. And so this is what happens. You have to work hard. But some of us are working harder than what we ought because we're trying to work against something that's been predetermined. All you got to do is choose to show up to Cabo. That's it. But we like, I don't want to go to Cabo. I want to go to Jamaica. No, I, the expenses are paid at Cabo. But you just so you just so pressed because I don't want nobody telling me what to do. I don't want no no I don't want to be under no authority of no one. And so you're gonna pay money out of your own pocket to go to Jamaica when Cabo is already paid. Y'all are like, this is a crazy example, but this is what people do. It's paid for. Show up to Cabo. Nah, I'm going to Jamaica. And so rather experiencing the joys that has already been done for free, you feel like you got to work hard. For something that has already been predetermined. God already predetermined that Brandon Benjamin Hill would stand before you at this time doing what I'm doing now. Here's the thing. But God also knows that Brandon Benjamin Hill has a choice if he's going to accept this or not. So when you delay, all people are doing is delaying the inevitable of what he's predetermined you to be. That's why there's certain things that will always come back around to you. Certain things that you would never shake. It's like you always get this passion for it. Why? Because God predetermined that course. All right, let's keep on moving. Another thing I learned about God is this. Is, uh, is that number two is that his plan is indestructible. There's nothing that can, can thwart the plan of God. There's nothing that can destroy the plan of God. There's nothing that can do that. See, the enemies of this world thought they could destroy the plan of God, and it didn't work. Because they thought by killing Jesus that it was helping their plan. But by killing him, it only helped God. <laughs> because that's what he set out to do. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. This is so good. See, there is nothing about the plan of God that will, that will go south. Here we go. Isaiah 14, verse 24. Let's show you here. It says, the Lord of hosts has sworn. That means he's sworn. It's, 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 this is like when you swear before, before the law, that's, you, you better not, he can't lie. Hear, hear what he's saying. He says, surely as I have thought so, surely as I have thought, so it shall come to pass. And as I have purpose, see that again, so it shall stand. Yeah. What he's saying that, guess, guess what? Everything the Lord of hosts has sworn, surely as I have thought, everything he's thought, it shall come what? To pass. And as I have purpose, it shall stand. That means there is nothing that can stand against the purpose and the word of God. There's nothing that can stand against the purpose and the plan of God for you and our life. Who can I help you? Why is it when you and I make plans, they go south? Because 
go. Why? Because we don't, we're not, we're not like God where our plans can fail. God, anything God ever swears, says in the earth cannot come back to himself. So everything he's purposed in the earth, it has to be done exactly as he said it would. To the letter. It has to be done. When God told me five years ago, he said, you won't be at the gathering place past five years. Literally after the fifth anniversary uh, that we had, a week later, we found ourselves in this position. Because there is nothing that God will say in the earth or purpose in the earth that, will, that, will, that, that, that can go back to himself. It has to happen. Now, here's the thing. Either it will happen with you or it will happen with someone in your line of your family. But it's going to happen because God does not retract his words. Whatever he says, it has to happen. This is what we can take joy in. We take pleasure in knowing that even in circumstances that we may find ourselves in, in the purpose of God, nothing of it shall stand against us because guess what? God has purpose for us to get to a certain destination. And no matter what the doors that may look closed, God has a way of opening them at times that he has predestined Upon his own purpose. All right. Another one. Job 42 verse 2. It says this. I know that you can do everything. This is what Job said. This is after all of this happened. God's restored stuff. He says, I know. This is what he knows now. I know that after all the hell that I went through right here, he says, you can do everything. And watch what he says, and that no purpose of who? Yours can be withheld from you. Job says to God as responding to God, he said, I know, I know you can do everything. Everything was taken from him. And then everything God did double for Job because he did not curse God when everything was going on. And this is what he says. He says that no purpose of yours. So the purpose of his suffering was not in vain. The purpose of what you're going through is not in vain. God uses it for his purposes because guess what? Nothing can be withheld from him. Whatever he says, whatever he does, it must be done. His plan is bulletproof. There's nothing. The enemies of this world can't touch it. Satan can't touch it. And neither you. It's sure. It's a sure thing. All right, let's go here. Another thing I learned about God, because I want to get us out early. Here we go. It says, uh, is that God's plan is unchanging. God don't care about what others are doing. Because he set a course for each and every single one of them. It's only us that cares. Because ego, pride, lust, all of that is sometimes controlling factors to the why we do what we do. Or why we purpose certain things. I want to be better than the next person. I want to show off all of myself before them. I want the glory. I want the attention. Okay, I understand. Everybody wants to be successful, and that's a good thing to want to be successful. But the plan of God is, going, is the plan that does lead to success. Watch what the Hebrew writer said. He says, thus, God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise the immutability of his counsel. 
Immutability means his unchanging. He does not change. His, of his counsel. His counsel is not changing. He confirmed it by an oath. Watch what he says here. Verse 18, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay, a hold, lay hold of the hope set before us. He says, guess what? God don't change. He is who he is. One of the things he cannot do is lie. God is not a liar. He's not a liar. And there's not one thing that he promised. Just because it don't look like what you may have thought don't mean that God has lied. Just let the whole thing play out first. Oh, my God. See, this is the thing about the disciples. You know why the disciples lost hope? Because they thought they didn't pay attention to what Jesus was saying. So they saw the cross. See, we look at it after the fact. But you got to put your you got to put yourself in their shoes. They did not think they thought that Jesus was going to do this, that he was going to be the savior. And when he died, their hope was shattered in pieces. It's not until after the resurrection where they realize, wait a minute. He said what he said, and it did not go. It, it, he didn't lie. He was what he was. He was who he said he was. A lot of times we don't let the whole thing play out. Let it play out first before you start counseling it. Let it play out first. Just because you have a little bit of drawback, just because you're having a little bit of pushback, don't worry about it. Just let the whole thing play out. Let it play out first. I don't know who needs to hear that. Let it play out first before you go counseling it. Don't counsel the promise because you're getting pushed back. Don't counsel the promise because you feel like, well, I didn't never want this anyway. Let me tell you something. Don't do that. Because what you despise, God will give it to someone else. Let me give you one more. Job 23. I'm going to give you Bible. I'm not giving you man's personal opinion. I'm giving you the, the thought pattern of God. It says, but he is unique. And who can make him change? And whatever his soul desires, that he does. So whatever the soul of God desires, he does as he please. Why? Because it's his choice. There's nothing that can change him. He is who he is. So whatever God has said towards you, that is what he desires for it to be. And if he desires this for you, his desire is from a good place of great intention that he desires for the he desires that you have the best. He desires that you would walk in a place of righteousness and holiness and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. That's what he desires. This is some good things. The, the, some things that you, uh, you want to hear the tangible stuff, but it's the intangibles that you can't see. Being whole, people, let me tell you something. People are fighting for wholeness right now. People are fighting for your sanity. The, say, the fact that you feel peace, even with everything going on, that's a sign of like, this is what God desires that I live in this peace. You get what I'm saying? In spite of all of this stuff, people are living more anxious than what they ever did in any other, in any other century. Why? Because people, because they're, they're, they're wrestling against the, and pushing them back against what God would have for them. He desires that all men would come unto this rest that he has available for them. 
There's a rest that remains for the people of God. Whatever he desires, that's what he does. Now, here we go. Lastly, I want to show you this. It says the last thing about God's plan is that it is proven. His plan A, that's why I don't have a lot of, uh, no other plans. He only got one plan, and that plan is, 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 is solid and it's proven. Watch what it says in Numbers. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. He don't got to change his mind on nothing. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Will he not make it good? Let me tell you something. God, everything that has ever been destined over your life, God will make good on that promise. God will make good on that promise. You need to say to yourself, like, God is going to make good on his promise to me, that God is going to make it good, even though I don't see it, but I know he's going to make it good. Even though that there's a lot of going on, and even in my own heart, I want to see certain things, but guess what? God is going to make it good. And that's why we say now, that's why the Ephesian writer, Paul said in Ephesians, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can purpose Think, imagine. He exceeds that. You have to understand that you and I serve a transcending God. He transcends all understanding. He transcends all man's thinking. You can't put God in a box because a box don't exist to him. He exceeds all imagination, thought, all the things that you could think of. God, he said, I can do past that and, and some. And some. He's saying, will I not make it good? I don't know about you, but I would like to see some good. I want to see the goodness of God. Won't he not make it good? Won't he not make it good? And so what am I saying to us as I come to a close? What am I trying to get to you? Am I telling you not to plan? No. But what I am telling you is this, that everything you do should be committed to the hands of God. Every plan that you should be, that you made should with, be with an appreciation of God's overall wisdom, work, and will. As I come to a close, he, Proverbs 16, 3 says, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts. This is important. It says, commit your works, your deeds, your actions to the Lord. And this is what he did. Surrender your thoughts, everything you imagine, all the things you purpose, all of that. So when you do that, he says, and your thoughts will be established. Everything you've purposed, everything that you've thought. See, this is the difference between this is the difference between uh, what the, the Christian faith talks about, what manifestation is, versus the universal thought of what manifestation is. Manifestation in the Christian belief is committing the things that God has already purposed to Him, and committing that to Him. And as we commit it to Him, it is being established on the earth. It is not that we cause anything to happen. It is that we, our dependence is on our created, our uncreated creator who's able to make things as though that they are not be possible. This is the difference. 
So I don't manifest anything out of my own will, which you can. But the truth is, the blessings of the Lord make it rich. And it addeth no sorrow. And the difference between what you manifest and what God manifests is that some things that we manifest add sorrow while the blessing of the Lord make it rich. And addeth no sorrow. It's a big difference. Because I don't pray thinking that I'm God, that I in myself can do something. I pray to my God giving me the strength to whatever he's purpose, God, let that be done in the earth. And what have, whatever you have not, be taken away from me. When you get honest with yourself about this, you will see true, genuine manifestation of the purposes of God being done in your life. As we close, Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Verse 5 says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and what will he do? Bring it to pass. Good to have plans. Plan. But in your plans, in your, all of your ways, go to him. Because God will show you whether that is what you need to do or if it's not. And the Holy Spirit can set you and, and guide you along on this course because God don't have other plans. You do, not him. There's only one plan. It's either you get on the same page with God because God don't have to get on the same page with you. He's the creator. There is no way that the creator can tell its creator that he has to get on the page with them. It is you have to get on the page with him not the other way around. You have to understand your place. And your place is as a child of God, an heir of God. And what you have already, already purposed, it will be done in the earth. If you believe that, stand to your feet and give God praise here. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time. We honor your presence in this moment, God. Help us to be humble to know that you have one plan and that your plans do not fail. Help us to know, God, this morning that, Lord, you are not trying to hinder us from success, but you're trying to show us the right way to success. Help us to understand, oh God, um, help us to understand, Lord God, by your spirit that there, that is not of us, but it's unto you that you choose those who will give glory to you and that our lives are supposed to be living epistles written before men that it may see your good words and glorify you oh God we thank you oh God this morning now there's somebody maybe on the sound of my voice you don't know who Jesus is I want you to know who Jesus is Jesus came on the earth he died he was buried and he rose again so that you and I can have peace with God and live under the plan and the purpose of which he has ordained. I'm telling you right now, if you don't know him, you're lost. Jesus said that I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He came to show us a better way to live. A life that's contrary to what the world says it should be. 
He said, I came that you may have life. I don't know if you're watching me right now. Don't know if you're here. But guess what? You can give your heart to him today. It's not to say everything going to be peachy and roses, but I am going to tell you this. It's better to walk with him than to walk alone. You are no longer an orphan, but God calls you a child. You are his. I encourage you today to make the best decision of your life. No longer running from God, but to run to him. Run to him. If you want to rededicate your life back to Christ, you can do that as well. It is not that God left the situation. God has stood here with his arms open the whole time. It's you and I who make the decision to run away. But God is merciful. He's merciful and he's given you the way of escape. He's right here. You can come back home. Come back under his covering. Come back under his care today. You don't have to do this by yourself. You do not have to do this by yourself. If you need a church home, we are available for you. We would love to have you be a partner. I would love to be your pastor. And we can grow in this thing together. But I'm more concerned about you being a part of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it ain't being a part of church that gets you in heaven. It's knowing who Jesus is. Confessing with your mouth. Believing in your heart. With a sincere passion that he is Lord. Then you are saved. For everyone under the sound of my voice, if you don't know him, I want you to say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I acknowledge I'm in need of a Savior. I acknowledge that you died on the cross for me, that you were buried, and that you rose again, and that you ascended to the right hand of the Father just for me. And I ask you to, today to come into my life and fill the empty void in my heart. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you said that prayer for the first, for very first time, I believe you're saved. I believe you're saved. Those of you who are in here, let's rejoice with those who have made a decision today. We thank God. We thank him. We thank him. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.